0: If you have your Bibles, won't you please take them out? And uh, we'll continue with our scripture, Philippians 2, verse 1. Philippians 2, verse 1, which we started last week, says this Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship, of the Spirit, if any, affection and mercy. Paul here writes to the church in Philippi, and we noted that he was encouraging or appealing to his friends about unity within the body of Christ, unity within the church. And so last week we looked at the first if in this particular passage of Scripture, we learnt that there's indeed encouragement in being united with Christ. And so today we will look at the second if here, which is if any comfort of love. Love, love, love is a word this morning. I'm not a love guru. I don't pretend to be. I don't want to be. But what I am is I represent Christ, who is love. And you represent Christ who is love? So what do you think? What goes through your head? What goes into your mind when you hear the word love? I know lots of things are going in your head. We're no longer teenagers. We are adults. We are mature. Uh, lots of things are going on in our heads. And this is what um, John Piper um, says when he speaks about the love of God found in the Bible, in and through the Bible. He says this. He says, love in the Bible, as in our everyday usage, can be directed from person to person or from person to things. Love that God has given us can be directed towards each other or towards the stuff that we have God has given us. He says, When directed toward things, Love means enjoying or taking pleasure in those things. God allows us to enjoy those things that He's given us. And that's part of His love toward us. Love towards a person or persons is more complex, He says. Love towards things, dogs, cats, I don't know, buildings, stuff, is easy. He says, love toward each other is a little bit more complex. As with things, loving persons or loving people may mean simply enjoying them and taking pleasure in their personalities, taking pleasure in their looks, their achievements. Many things that God has that we look at people and we admire. But there is another aspect of interpersonal love. That is very important in the Bible purposes. There is the aspect of love for persons or people who are not attractive or virtuous or productive. So, this morning, how is your love life tank? This is an interpersonal thing. I love someone because not of what I get from them, what I gain from them, but the love of God overwhelms me and causes me to love you even though you are unlovable. This is a deep, deep love. And in this case, love is not a delight in what a person is, but a deeply felt commitment to helping him or her be all that God has called them to be. So those little kids yesterday, uh, look at those kids and we're excited to see, uh, you know, th- these little create- creations that God has created. He's allowed them to be on this earth. And we think to ourselves, oh, my goodness, who who just leaves these little ones? How can they become orphans? How is this possible? Why is it even possible? But then the love of Christ in us compels us and almost forces us, not even forces us, compels us to go and love on these kids. We, we, we get guys adopting the, these kids, loving them, giving them a future that uh, was almost doomed in human eyes. Love. 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 Then we think of the, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. What is the first fruit that leads the, 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 the list? Love. It is the supreme virtue of the Christian life. Love. How will they know that you are my disciples? By the way that you love. By the way that you uh, outwork your life in love. This kind of love is a sacrificial love whereby we lose something to give to others. We don't give to others so we can gain. It's not a selfish love. It is a sacrificial love where we are willing to lose things of ourselves without gaining anything from that person. This is the kind of love that the Bible speaks about that does no harm to a neighbor. This is the kind of love that fulfills the law, as we see in Romans. But the truth of the matter, and the reality of of this, we can feel sorry for people, we we can be moved by emotions, but emotions run out. One day we are happy because we are excited about love. The next we are not because things have gone wrong. Our love tank goes up and we are full and we want to bless and be all jolly with everyone. The next day we are empty and we don't really want to see anyone. The only way we can maintain this love that God has given us is by His help. It's by His enabling us through His Spirit. It's only God's love through His Spirit that can allow us to go and love the unlovable. It's only God through His love and through His Spirit that can allow us to go and forgive those who do not deserve to be forgiven. I can't do it. I would not stand here and and pretend that I am able to forgive because I'm quick to forgive because I've been told or God says I must. It is very difficult as a human being. But, by God's grace, through His Spirit, He allows you and I to love the unlovable, to give of ourselves without expecting anything back. Love is a word that is, uh, feeling maybe is a, is a wrong word, is an emotion, is the wrong word, is, is something that we need as human beings then we get to this passage, or well, we continue with this passage, which says, therefore, if, was the first one last week, there is any consolation in Christ, today, if any comfort of love. So let's spend a little bit of time trying to understand what Paul meant, what he was trying to address with, to the church in Philippi when he speaks about um, if any comfort of love. Last, last week we understood that he spoke that there is encouragement being, in being united with Christ. When you're united with Christ, there is in, there's actually just encouragement. You can live life because of your unity with Christ. Paul here was challenging or encouraging the Philippian church, the Philippians toward unity, with four incentives. And now we come to the second catalyst for unity. Unity, unity. Where there is love, there should be unity. Of course, where there is uh, disunity, love is that lo- love tanks kind of just uh, goes lower. But where there is unity, that love tank builds up. It, 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 it rises. If any comfort of love, he says. This second if is also a fact. And can be translated since. The idea is that it is true that we are comforted by God's love. The idea is that you and I, this morning, every day, are comforted by God's love. Comfort. What is comfort then? In this um, instant, it means speaking near or with someone. It comes to mean it. admonition. It comes to mean encouragement. It comes to mean encouraging exhortation. It comes to mean um, an invitation. It comes to mean comfort. It comes to mean entreaty. This is communicating with someone to show them God's love. This is Persuasion that comes from an understanding of God's love. See, in God's love, in our hearts, produces unity. It is, dare I say, impossible to have unity, true unity, without it being born from a place of God's love. If there's unity, it generally means, and this is generalizing, it means I'm looking out for what I can get out of this unity. What is the best interest for me? But when it's derived from God's love, that unity is, um, is not subject to what I can get or what you can get. It's subject to God's divine love and divine way. Comfort is a great degree or is a greater degree of tenderness than consolation. There's a tender persuasiveness of love. Paul was saying, and in fact, if the tenderness of God's love has any power to touch you, and it has touched you, listen to what I'm about to to tell you here and going forward. And the truth for you and I today, whether we want to believe it or not, whether we, um, yeah, whether we believe it or not, there is comfort in being loved. There is comfort in being loved. People who feel that they are not wanted are people who do not sense love in their lives. Think of the human race and where love is lacking. Think of our children, perhaps. Think of the teenagers. Think of husbands and wives. Think of the kind of identity crisis that we see in the world today. The, the, the suicide rate that we are witnessing. Think of all these things. When love is lacking, people don't feel comfort. People try to look for love elsewhere. They try to do f- funny things. We who don't feel love, we want to draw attention. So we do stuff to try and draw attention because we don't feel loved. or We're looking for love. We are looking for love. We do all all sorts of funny things, wrong things. Why? Because we want attention. Yet there is comfort when we know that we are loved. There's truth. I don't have to wonder. I am loved. I don't have to prove myself. I am loved. There's great comfort in knowing that God wants you. Just that. There's great comfort in knowing that God wants and loves you. When people feel wanted and loved, they are relaxed. I mean, when you are feeling loved in your family environment, you're relaxed, aren't you? You're relaxed. You're chilled. You're feeling happy. You don't have to impress. You don't have to. But you're not in a in a area where you don't feel loved. You're not relaxed. You're not relaxed. When you feel loved, you're relaxed. You're not continually trying to prove yourself. Christians know that they are loved. Because the word of God tells us. This God we spoke and sang about this morning is a God of everlasting love, his word says. We believe in him, we believe in his word. And he would remind us that his love is um, continuous. I mentioned it last week. This same God who is all surpassing, all powerful, almighty. Is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change because he's not limited to time. Time does not exist in God's realm. And so he's the same today, yesterday, tomorrow, you'll be the same. This is why Moses would um, ask uh, God, Who must I say you are? And God would say to Moses, Tell them, I am. I am. How is that? I am. I am the same today. I love you. I am the same tomorrow. I still love you. I was the same yesterday. I loved you. And I still love you. And I'll continue loving you. I am not changing. Man, we need love. Parents need to show love to their kids. I speak to myself as well. We need to love the people God has given us responsibility. And the word also says that we are to show love not just in words, but also in deeds, in actions. How are we showing love to our children in actions? How are we showing love to our children when they mess up, as it were? That word that Lee shared this morning, in my head, it's, it's hard to compute God remembers my wrongs no more. From the, like the distance between the east and the west. I can't even, we can't measure that. God remembers our sins no more. But He is God. He knows tomorrow. But He chooses not to remember. Why? Because He loves you and I. And He gives us the same love through His Son, Jesus Christ. The beauty is God is not going to stop loving us at some point. So today, he's, you, you're good with God, and so He's loving you, and you're not good with Him later on, and so He stops loving God's not going to do that, because then He ceases, ceases to be God. He is not going to stop loving us at some point. Therefore, we have confidence and trust in his infinite, unchanging, undying love. It's not the kind of love that we've, under, we've learned, the kind of love that we express human to human. This is an unmerited love. It's, un, uh, it's not, you haven't qualified to, to deserve this love, but he gives it to you because you, he loves you. You're his child. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter where you are. He says, I love you. This is different to human love. Human love is finite. It can change quickly. I'm sure we've all experienced human love in many, many ways, in many times in our lives. It changes. Oh, it's lovely because you're doing good stuff. You're doing the right stuff. And then that thing just drops and it changes. It's not lovely anymore because I've done something wrong. This is not the kind of love that God has for us. Human love is more fickle than God's love for us. Because love has stability. It is constant. You do not have to wonder. If you're wondering, let me remind you, you do not have to wonder. Because He is constant. He's a firm foundation. We can hold on to Him. If He says He loves you, He means He loves you. He's not going to change. We can count on God's love, and this kind of love is a catalyst, catalytic, catalic It's a start, <laughs> English, my eighth language, um, to the Christian, Christian life. Without without love, without without God uh, indwelling in us, without God wooing us into, into His uh, His kingdom, it is impossible for us to continue following Him, because this Christian life is hard if you do it by ourselves. But He promises us, He says that we do not have to do it by ourselves. We don't have to do it by ourselves. See, there is great comfort and security in being loved by someone who will not be daunted by anything in us. Let me say that again. There is great comfort and security in being loved by someone who will not be daunted by anything that is in us. In any failings, in any wrongdoings, in any whatever it might be, that does not daunt him. It does not scare God. It doesn't change him toward us. does not change him toward us. And so Paul would say to the Philippian church, if any comfort of love exists that you've experienced with Christ, you need to take a hold of that because there is relief that comes from love. There is, there is, there is freedom that comes from being loved by God. These Philippians' experience of the love of God has brought them much relief And comfort in the midst of tough times, tough life in Philippi. They have gone through seeing Paul thrown into prison for preaching the word of God. They have heard that there were people who were preaching the word of God out of selfish motives for their own gain. They have been um, uh, opposed by the pagan world that's against the Christians, but they stood firm. Knowing that there is relief and comfort because of God's love. It was the love of God that poured out in their hearts that led them to show such concern for Paul. God's love is unconditional toward us therefore we can count on his commitment to us we can count on his unchanging way toward us when we are up he is consistent when we are down he is the same when we are feeling top of the world he still remains the same when we are feeling low he remains the same we can count on him because he's unchanging He's unchanging, and St. Paul would encourage the Philippian church: If you have experienced any any comfort of love in being united to Christ, take that firm foundation, live in that. Encourage one as we as we walk out this work that God has called us. Let's remain united. Let's remain united. And that unity is born out of a place that we are uh, indwelt with the Holy Spirit, Christ himself. And then it, it, it forces us, or it pulls us away from wanting stuff for ourselves, but wanting stuff for what God has in store for us. Yes, there will be disagreements. Yes, there will be misunderstandings. But where love is, remember the word of God says, love is, covers a multitude of sin. So I ask you this morning, do you employ God's unconditional love as a motivation for your fellowship with fellow believers? Do you employ God's unconditional love as a motivation for your fellowship with fellow believers. I'll be the first to admit, I don't always do that. In fact, my fellow brothers in Christ, some of them frustrate me. In fact, they maybe even irritate me. I'm being honest. (laughs) Which (laughs) one's the Not the sisters, just the brothers. But it's not about me. Thank goodness it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. Him who says that He's the same yesterday, today and forever. It's about Him who will help us. When you irritate me, <laughs> He will help me to get over myself. When I r- irritate you, He will help you get over yourself. For the sake of the unity that He's called us to. For the sake of the work that He wants us to get on with. There's a world to be reached. There's a, there's, a, there's a people group who need to be loved. There are orphans who need to be loved. There are people who are dying without the knowledge of Jesus Christ. May we be like that uh, one thief that uh, Wesley reminded us this morning. May we see Jesus for who he is and recognize our shortcomings and our shortfallings, and allow Him to help us overcome them. So, there's great consolation being united in Christ, and there's certainly comfort of love found being in Him. Father, thank you for your most holy word I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word that says that you're the same yesterday, today, and you will be the same tomorrow. You're never changing. You're consistent, God. I thank you, Lord. Your mood does not change, does not swing. You're not happy or sad and and cold and warm. God, you're the same. You are firm foundation. Father, where we have fallen short of living up to your ways, God, we ask that you'd help us. Forgive us and help us, God. And we know we have in many, many areas, all I have, but I ask you, Holy Spirit in your mercy that is new every day that you'd help me and my friends to live this life, God, in a way that brings glory to your most holy name. In Jesus' strong and mighty name I pray. Amen.